This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, I'm Sharad Kutin. With me, Melissa Idris and Tan Chung Han. Yesterday in the Day One Riyadh, Education Minister Mazli Malik said the government still needs to undertake a study as to whether the United Examination Certificate, or UEC as it's known, will be recognised for entrance into public universities and the civil service. The Pakatan Harapan government, if you remember, came to power promising recognition for the UEC in its manifesto. But since May 9th, when the poll happened, there's been uh, a backlash uh, to this proposal. Now, on the line, we have a sociologist, uh, Dr. Kwa Kya Sung, former principal of New Era College and currently advisor to the human rights organization, Swaram or Swarai Malaysia. Good morning, uh, Dr. Kwa. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to begin with a very simple question. Why is the UEC so controversial? Um, hi, hi. Morning, Sharad and, and the rest. Uh, I think it's mainly because of uh, a whole history of uh, politicking over over uh, mother tongue education. Uh, it, it was started in uh, 1975, but actually the, the the history of Chinese education goes back much further. Uh, so if we're talking about heritage, if we're talking about inclusivity, if we're talking about polit- uh, educational excellence, uh, we've had two what 200 years of Chinese primary education and the 100th anniversary of the first Chinese secondary school in this country. So uh, it, it's not a new thing, you know, it, it's a very old thing. It's a part of our, our heritage, our history. So why is it now back in the, the headlines? Do you, do you think this issue has been politicised, this current round of controversy? Well, it's been politicised by AMNO all these years, you know, call it 61 years or however long you want. And uh, the, the, way, the reason why it's made a, a new comeback is because the Pakatan Harapan uh, uh, government uh, made a, a, a commitment to recognize the UEC just before the election. So reneging on the, the, this recognition is, is, is actually quite a dishonest thing. You know, it, it's not just a question of opportunism. It's, it's dishonest, and the people in the, in the government are supposed to be God-fearing. And uh, as I, I said in my, my recent article, uh, you know, the, the, the truthfulness is based on, on honesty, and dishonesty is based on falsehood. So to renege on the, the manifesto of the election is a very uh, opportunist thing. You know, do, you, Dr. Kwa, do you think they are reneging on their, their election, uh, their manifesto pledge, or do you think it's reasonable for them to take some time before implementing this policy? I don't think so. I think this, this, can you think of the, 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 the graduates from the secondary school? I mean, my two children uh, went through uh, Chinese secondary schools as well, and telling them that they have to wait Wait until when? What, what is the problem? You know, to me, it's very, in fact, Juan Aziza, the deputy prime minister, uh, many years ago, uh, he came, paid a visit to uh, the, the Chinese education headquarters in Kajang and said that this is a simple case of accreditation by the Malaysian Qualification Agency. It's, an, it's a simple academic accreditation. So, I mean, uh, if we really want to, to uh, you, can, you just have to, to, to say it, that you recognize it and let the MQA and the civil service and the tertiary institutions do their work of, 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 of accepting these students. What, what is there to wait? Well, I mean, Dr. Kwa, you know, help us consider the other side here, you know, because, well, in your mind, it may be a simple, straightforward process. Is this purely down to the lack of political will and you know, having to contend with the political realities of the day as the federal government? Or are there perhaps some legislative barriers that we are not considering here? Help us flesh out this uh, or set the context here. I don't think there are any legislative uh problems here because uh, because we, we recognize the, the O levels and the A levels from, from Cambridge. 
And there are, in fact, there are more, more international schools than there are independent Chinese secondary schools in this country. There are nearly 100, I think, of international schools using English. And there's only 60 uh, uh, independent Chinese secondary schools of about 60,000 people. And there are more than 100,000 uh, Bumis-only uh, students at UITM. So, I mean, th these are the facts, you know. So, legislative-wise, I don't think there's any problem, you know. Dr. Kwai, I've read some reports that suggested it's partly a question of the curriculum, that the UC doesn't have a certain elements, uh, certain, uh, I believe it's a question of history, or, but perhaps you can uh, correct me and help me understand this. Is there something in the curriculum that prevents uh, the recognition of the UEC? I don't think so, no. The, the, I, think the, the, I know the history curriculum in the, uh, in the Chinese secondary schools, because my children, like I said, uh, studied in them. And they're more, they are more Malaysian and they're more international at the same time, you know. Uh, more Malaysian than probably the, the, the education curriculum in Kazakhstan or China or, 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 or Turkey, you know. So if you don't impose those, those barriers on students from these countries coming to study in our tertiary education institutions here, why impose such a, a, a barrier on our, our students from the un, independent schools here? So, Dr. Kwa, how would you then, say, counter some of the arguments that are coming out from, say, nationalist camps, those who oppose the UEC, um, who claim that the UEC undermines national, uh, national unity, undermines the national language? How would you counter those arguments? There are, there's, there's very strong uh, misunderstanding here. If you look at that, if you look at Malaysia, I mean, it's interesting that we're now, uh, we're now commemorating the 70 years of the emergency, which was the, which was the emergency that, uh, that was in the middle of the independence struggle. And at independence, um, there were 78 Chinese secondary schools at independence, 1957. And that means that it was part of the education system in this country, and the Chinese secondary school examination was actually set by the Malayan education system. Can you, can you imagine that? You know? And uh, at that time, when you look at 1961, which was the, the actual course for the Chinese secondary schools uh, be becoming independent, we, our education system at the time was actually based on English. So people today say, you know, you, you're not Malay because, because uh, you must understand that this so-called one education system is, it was at the time based on English. So actually at independence, we had a very uh, diverse uh, education system. Yeah, and we even had Tamil uh, primary schools and, and Chinese primary schools and also Chinese secondary schools. So, I mean, uh, you know, this, this is the reality. And Dr. Kwa, just, sorry to interrupt you, but wh what do we lose when we do not recognize the UEC? What do we lose? I think there's something like uh, to date, because the UEC started in 1975, to date there have been about something like 600,000 uh, graduates from the, with the UEC. And I, it happened that I, my first job when I came back to this country 30 years ago was to, be, to campaign for the recognition of the UEC all over the world which I succeeded in, in, 19, uh, in, in two years, in 1985. And what do we lose? Uh, we lose that the brain drain is the most serious thing. Apart from the brain drain, the people who, who, who have moved abroad, you know, when I was working in, in, uh, in the Chinese education lobby, the National University of Singapore came knocking on the doors of all the graduates whenever the, the results are, are, are known, especially the, the, the high achievers, actually knock on their doors, offering them scholarships, to study in at National University of Singapore, and the graduates from the with the UEC are recognised, uh, you know, are, are, are 
encouraged to go to Taiwan, China, America, Britain, etc. They were when I was working there, they were coming to to uh, to do their recognition, to their accreditation. You know, visiting our schools, seeing what the textbooks were. Would you imagine that the Malaysian education system, the MQA, would have done by now, all these years? So, Dr. Kwa, and we appreciate you setting the historical context for the UEC, at least, you know, how graduates can then move on and further their careers. But given the realities, you know, faced by the Pakatan Harapan government now, is there perhaps a compromise to be had here as opposed to, okay, if full-on recognition of the UEC is perhaps not politically feasible, is there a middle ground to be had? No, it's very, it's very interesting what uh, what you mean by realities. You know, uh, what do you mean by realities? <laughs> Well, you know, because of the pushback, I mean, we have seen perhaps, you know, what some might say is a dilution of uh, some of the promises made in the Pakata Manifesto, you know, be it in terms of the level of uh, uh, how equitable uh, the Malaysia Baru is and also in terms of the education ministry's mandate. So with the UEC in particular, uh, again, I go back to my question, you know, is there perhaps a compromise or, you know, can this argument be tweaked here? What compromise can there be? I, I can't see any compromise because uh, you have a, a, a whole system based on this UEC and uh, you, you can continue to not recognize them, which you have done for the last uh, you know, 40 years. And uh, you know, life goes on, but we still won't have an inclusive society. You know, there are three very important uh, principles here. The first one is the heritage, which I, which I mentioned, which is the... the, the 200 years of Chinese education, mother tongue education in this country. There's a question of inclusivity. You know, we're talking about wanting uh, uh, integration in this country. But the graduates from the Chinese schools cannot go and enter the civil service or the armed services or the public institutions in this country. You know, and then we, we have this question of education excellence, the education blueprint, making this country better. Thank you so much. Uh, that was a sociologist uh, Dr. Kwa Kya Sung, former principal of New Era College and currently an advisor to the human rights organization Suara Riot Malaysia. Inclusivity is actually part of the uh, manifesto as well. Mm. Uh, right, and, and again, it's not just education. No, uh, there have been criticisms aimed at the Pakatan government from the liberal segments of society, you know, in, in terms of the lack of an overt stance when it comes to, say, LGBT, you know, for example. Yeah, so, yeah. The, you know, where do we draw the line between? Between these ideals and you know what actually transpires in parliament and what actually transpires in government. So my question is: Did Pakatan Harapan underestimate the backlash that was mm. going to come from the conservative uh, Malay base? And also, I mean, you know, who's kind of who's against this? Because DAP says they're for it. Pakatan uh, PKR says they're they're okay with it. So where is this kind of dissenting voice coming from? Yeah, I you know I doubt they did not. Uh, they didn't anticipate the backlash because that's been part of the ongoing controversy all these decades. So why make a promise? So in the your question manifesto? is, I think they're making a calculation, right? How much will they lose if they push this through? And I think that's the political calculus. I, I think that was the, the realities that you were talking about, right? I mean, and also how the, much will they will gain? So mm-hmm. they might be. In fact, I mean, you take the the politicians on both sides of the divide. Do do most Malaysians care? Right? Do they would they just like to see how many Malay students are in China? schools uh, in this country because it represents 
represents superior education, yeah, right? And also going back to the reality is that we have seen how the education minister, even in just announcing the change in color of shoes, that won't go down without a fight, you know? So <laughs> yeah. that, okay. that's what I mean by reality. You know? That's the new Malaysia. We all want to fight over everything. That's fine, as long as you don't come to blows. Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll be back. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.